Man, this is going to be the fastest intro ever for the podcast. Um, 4.13 Friday, July 21st. Why is it going to be fast? Uh, because I've done a lot of talking today on this long podcast we're about to get to, which is about an hour long with someone who I have uh, wanted to get face-to-face with um, for months. Uh, he's got a tight schedule, as you'll hear, but there was uh, a lot of talking that didn't wind up on the radio and conversations. So um, I'll just save it. Uh, if you love Toledo or want to hear two people who are passionate about Toledo, this is your podcast. Let's get to Dustin Hostetler now. It's finally good to talk to you. See you face to face. Yeah, apologies. This took so long. No, no, no apologies. You, I had no idea that you had this big, important job at Ford. Did we want to, we want to talk about that? Yeah. I know sure. we just talked about it, but... yeah. So my excuse for, at least for now, uh, having a hard time connecting with people outside of work is that I'm standing up a comms team at Ford for the chief design officer. So I'm fully in the corporate communication space and I'm, and I'm sort of building out the protocols for how we articulate things that need to be spread both to our employees and then to the greater company and then to the outside world when all the cool things we're designing uh, get to the point where we can talk about them. How long have you worked at Ford now? Uh just shy of three years. So one one pandemic. Yeah. So I started in the pandemic, <laughs> and, and, and as we were just talking about, so I started in the pandemic. Was remote. I've always been a remote worker in Toledo, and so that's been an amazing thing. And this is the first time I've been close to a job that mm-hmm. I've also been remoting from. Remoting to. That's not a turn turn, turn of phrase. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah. Now I'm now I'm in there full time, and it's a it's a busy workload in a way that I'm not quite familiar with. What do you What do you like most about it? So uh, I love to see how the sausage is made wherever I go, right? Like I'm, I'm pretty agnostic to the types of problems I like to solve. I just like to learn about problems and how to solve them. And Ford is just like, you know, as you know, they make things we all see every day. Yeah. To get to get the back of the house behind the curtain stuff is super exciting. So not necessarily a, a car nerd, but just if it was uh, it was a box of tissues and it was a cool company you, and you got to see how it was made, you'd like it? Totally, yeah. Wait, I, stay I, closer to that mic. Yep, so yeah, uh, totally curious about any and all things. So it's like, you know those books they give kids like how things work or and it shows mm-hmm. like that, I would read that today. Like I love to just understand uh, the, the systems involved in things. Um. You said you had been working remote. How were you born here? Born in Bowling Green, raised in Toledo, so Northwest Ohio, pretty much my whole life. What high school did you go to? I uh, went to St. John's my freshman year, and then I graduated from Bowser. Uh, after high school, what did you do? So good question. I went to Chicago for two years. Went to the Art Institute of Chicago. Um, I'm pretty scatterbrained, as will probably come through in this conversation today. Uh, college was not the right moment, the right thing for me at that moment. So I then bailed. Went to Cincinnati for a year. Then went to Bowling Green. Graduated from BGSU in 2000 with a graphic design degree. So 23 years ago. So we're about the same age. We were born. You were born 78, 77. I'm 70. 45. I'll be 46 this fall. This is good. We. I'm 44. We look. Do you get told you you look young for your age? Yes. Yeah, me too. Me and too. I, and I never. I'm at a point in action life where I don't know if I want that anymore. It, right. Sometimes I want I, people to know I'm 45. I'll. I'll. T- I'll. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. Um. Maybe it, the the common denominator between us. Um. Maybe. You look longer, younger than you are if you don't go to college. Because I, well, I went. I oh. went for three semesters. Oh yeah, yeah. I was enrolled three semesters, went two, um, and then wound up in radio. So maybe not going to college well, will so, keep so you so looking you, younger. Well, so to clarify, I went to college, but I went to three colleges and never took it serious. <laughs> I think maybe a similar sentiment. Yeah, I, I, I'm only at this point at 45 in the corporate space. Right. My life was pretty casual and on my own terms up until very recently. So yes, so so is mine. I mean, yeah. mine has always been has always been that. Um, so I ask all these questions about you because all I knew you as uh, the Grumpy's guy. Yeah, which uh, <laughs> yeah. So for the, to to do the yeah. So the the, the high level elevator. It's been. 10 years yeah. as of last month or so that I walked out of the restaurant. But for those curious, that was my family. Grumpy was my grandfather, um, is my grandfather. And um, yeah, so I was involved in that restaurant. We would have met through the restaurant. And that is how many people, like I'll bump into people 10 years later and they'll look at me and they'll say, why do I know you? And I'll say, like, imagine me a little heavier. Yes, with I was going to point that out. With a cash out. register in front of me and maybe yeah. a handlebar mustache. Yeah. There might be some appearance changes, but the, once you put a register in front of me, oh my gosh, that's, that's the guy, <laughs> the grumpy guy. Yeah, it's so, so, that's so, so weird that you bring that up. Last night I had a, 
a Barbie movie event, but it was at Black Rock Bar and Grill. We did a little pre-party there. Yeah. And uh, there was a, a guy that I knew, same thing, like, where do I know that guy from? And uh, and my friend said, he used to, and as he was saying, it was, he used to bar town, bartend everywhere downtown, uh, Matt something. And you mm. might- I probably know this person, yeah. You, you would look at him and, and know him, but I had not seen him in years and years and years. So yeah, it's funny how we recognize people. And, and now, me having been here over 10 years, yeah. I've got like that in me, like as, as you're familiar with. Opening day for me, it's become like a reunion thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean- I, same, I didn't understand that at first. Same idea for me that even 10 years later when I go out to eat, mm-hmm. I, because that's still the same mental space from the previous life. It's like I bump into people who, okay, now I see them again. It all makes sense. We connect. But without that common denominator of the public space, all of our lives kept going, right? What? Uh, so after you graduated BGSU in 2000, what was the timeline before you got to and then left Grumpy's? Yeah, so if, if a decade ago I left Grumpy's, which so that would have been 2013, and I was only there for about three years. So between 2000 and 2010, um, I was a jack of all creative trades. So I had a short stint working for my mom's design agency, and I realized agency life wasn't for me, and I preferred just being a freelancer. It was right when the internet was really becoming a place where people were like putting their work out there and networks were growing pre-social media, but just, it was sort of the precursor for all these people connecting. And, and I found I, uh, that was where I wanted to thrive. That's where I found all of my, my, uh, common, uh, minded people out in the world. And, uh, so for about de- a decade, I was just a freelance illustrator and mm-hmm. designer. And it was actually, the restaurant was the thing that pulled me out of the freelance life. And so that was like first, first life was that, and then restaurant. And then I've had about 10 lives since, but, um, it was just a matter of at some point wanting a, a day job because there is a certain amount of uh, comfort that comes from a steady sure. paycheck. And you said your grandfather was grumpy. Yep. So that restaurant was formed, uh, by my aunt and grandmother in what was horn hardware, a family owned hardware store on Broadway, which is now the Sophia Can- Cantero center. Um, about a hundred years of that family business that they put a couple deli cases in to cater to the guys coming in buying hammers and saws and things. That's why a lot of the things at Grumpy's are named after hardware, like the Hardware Club and the Crescent Wrench. Good to know. Most people wouldn't know that. Um, but yeah, so my, my family started that and then it evolved into just the restaurant and, and, and Grumpy's was named after my... Uh, and I, If he's listening today, hello, uh, a bit of a curmudgeon. And uh, so it was, it was sort of lovingly named after him. <laughs> Uh, it, it has a, it has a special place for me. Uh, I asked you about your commute up to Detroit or to, to Dearborn for yeah. work because um, I started working here. I started working at what was Clear Channel then, like literally the first Monday after, first day back after New Year's in 2013. Okay. I was commuting from Southfield because oh, um, yeah. I hadn't. Uh, I was going to move into St. Clair Village right across the street from where I worked, but it wasn't ready to go yet. So I was commuting down whatever, Southfield Freeway, 275, and then 75, and I hate long drives. But I did it because um, just to get my feet wet, and I knew a place was was uh, was opening up. The first place my boss at the time had taken me out to lunch to within just a couple of days of me being there. He's like, let's go to this place. I'm like, all right, whatever. I don't know any of these things. Although I did live here when I worked uh, for Tower 98.3 in 2005 and six. Mm-hmm. Um, things obviously changed a lot since yeah. then. I was like, there was no hockey building there before. Yeah. Um, but he took me to Grumpy's and I was like, well, what do you get here? He's like, just get the garbage salad. And then- then on in, it became one of my spots. I'm sorry it didn't work out as much as you had wanted, but I know uh, restaurant life is hell. Yeah, to be clear, it worked out exactly as it needed to for me. Uh, going back to the idea of liking to learn how things work, I now very, <laughs> very comfortably can tell you how that place worked at the time. Um, but also, uh, I just learned a lot about it. So it was a good experience. But yeah, it's 10 years later, I've only been in once since I left. And uh, so it's totally, it's at a point now where I can drive by and I no longer have PTSD. Right. It is a brand I now know, but don't have that baggage around. So what, what did you? you like about working there when you were there other than watching how literally some of the sausage was made <laughs> totally so i think for me the, the the big thing that going back to sort of learning that i i found to be such a joy was seeing all of these downtown people coming in and having their meetings right so that seems like who cares why would you want to watch people eat in itself not something i'm super into but the idea that like politician uh, X, Y, and Z shows up to meet with business person and okay, that's interesting. And then the next day, one of the two comes back and meets somebody else and you start to make these little networks in your head of, yeah. of how things work. My three years there gave me the 
best, at least at the, of the time, the best window into how the city of Toledo functions. Um, and then through that also got a chance to have all these really great one-offs, like somebody showed up early, nobody was there yet, and I would just talk to, you know, Steve Madewell from the Metro Parks or, you know, so-and-so that just was waiting for their, their great meeting. And I got to learn a lot about coming soon things, you know, yeah. hey, hey, Dustin, take a look at this. I'm, you know, and I just constantly sort of felt like I was one step ahead of just even the media, right? Because I was kind of getting clips yeah. of things coming soon, which is really exciting. I, I miss some of that chatter um, because I lived and worked downtown. I, I would joke sometimes. I think um, there were certain parts in my apartment at Sinclair Village where I was like closer to some parts of work than as if I was in work yep. in the building itself. And my whole life was there. And I, I do miss some of the those I don't want to say gossip, but you, you like you said, you hear those things before they're coming, and then it winds up in the news, and you're like, I know about that. Yep, and I think related to that, and gossip, I, when you say gossip, I was like, yeah, it isn't gossip, but it is something like that, because while it doesn't exist anymore, at the time, there were websites like ToledoTalk.com, mm-hmm. which now, you know, Reddit and Twitter are sort of the Toledo space for, for information sharing, but it was always fun to, like, you know, jump into whatever the forum was of the day, have somebody go, hey, has anybody heard about whatever? And it was such a joy if I knew the information and could share it. Like right. It was just this wonderful game of all these, you know, Toledo fans kind of uh, sharing information they weren't getting from the more public place. Yeah. So, yeah really fun game. Are, are you on the Toledo subreddit? Yeah, I am. So I participate in there. But what I've learned uh, over time, uh, I, I love forums <laughs> and, and I actually really like Reddit a lot. My wife is more of a regular user than I am. Um, but I've learned that I can't predict what people will upvote or downvote, and yeah. so I don't participate as much because while I don't mind getting downvoted, there's something weird about being like stifled by strangers, and so I typically I lurk a lot and I just sort of jump in when I have useful information. I, I have had to do had to craft within myself last five seven years as as so much digital has taken off um i've tried to perfect the skill and i never will because so many things are still unpredictable i before something comes out of my mouth which is easier because that's that's ephemeral it's here and gone but when when you type it out it's there forever totally before i do that i do my very best to predict what could someone who doesn't know me miss misrepresent what I'm saying. Like, I almost have to predict what you will say or think. And if I think they could think something awful or not understand it, I reword it or pull it back. But predicting what people will think, predicting how strangers might think about you is very challenging. It is. And and at least from my perspective as somebody, well, since we're both the same age, maybe you have a similar feeling, but I used to be comfortable with arguing with strangers in in public (laughs) forums. And in fact, I think I was probably, if if maybe somebody knew me from 20 years ago, they might even say, Dustin's pretty aggressive online because I was, I'm very opinionated and I'm very comfortable sharing my thoughts. I typically am not trying to fight with people, but often they would devolve into arguments. Um, but now that how people respond, because I'm so careful to not get into arguments now, this is actually where I get really caught off guard when somebody then wants to fight in that space. I'm just like, oh, no, 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 no. I am just here to share information. And so right. I have to backtrack sometimes. And I don't even like that feeling because these are strangers. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've found myself being more careful with my words. That might just be a thing that comes with age yeah. or, or, or a lot of other things as well. But yeah, Reddit is a place I go to daily for sure. And me too. Um, do you want to give your, your handle out on there? Or? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I mean, my handle is the same on everything. So UPSO, UPSO, UPSO is, is, it. is whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, I try to be consistent. And that's actually going back to the anonymity of things and not knowing who everybody is, I know that that can be a blocker for some mm-hmm. folks. So even though I use a screen name, I've always been very open with who I am and what I'm involved with because I don't want to be like secretive or, you know, I'm very transparent. Um, but yeah, Reddit is a very unpredictable, sometimes wonderful, sometimes very caustic place. I always remind myself that, uh, that, that a lot of the people on there are just, uh, younger probably dudes who game all night and hate Buckeye because that's when Buckeye is doing their upgrades and I'm not going to let I I always remind people don't take criticism from someone you won't take advice from Um, Reddit is the last place where I let anybody's criticism or downvoting of my comments get to me because I'm like you hate Buckeye, but you're also, you just want to play Call of Duty at 2 a.m. And I, I'm sure you're kind of nice, but I'm not going to get into this with you. No, it's a great, it's a great point. I mean, I think that like, uh, yeah, context is everything. And I think it's also super important. I think that your idea of like, you're not going to take criticism from somebody you wouldn't take advice from. That's a great advice generally, because 
right. You can't care about everybody. You can't make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. So, so just just be transparent, be honest, and uh, you know, know that those that need the information will hopefully find it, and uh, maybe you'll make some friends along the way. And I've done that. I, I've done that. That's why we've we've connected digitally. And we'll come to the Twitter thing shortly for, for quite some time. Some of my closest friends, and we'll save the Twitter thing for down down in a few minutes, but I read it, I look at it as, it's it, in, in a lot of ways, gives me a lot of great content to talk about and to disseminate yep. and to inform because my job has changed over the years. Um probably just with age as well. Like it's no it's it's a lot less like blue humor, dumb pop culture shit. Yep. Um it's like my friends just opened up um a Willie's Overland Jeep display at the oh, at the new yeah. TSA spot that, yeah. and like sharing that stuff out there because a lot fewer lesser people follow the news because of a variety of reasons. They don't have time or whatever. But that stuff is out there and it's where we live and it's important and some things the best compliment I get for what I do is I listen to your show and I didn't... I learned things that I didn't know about were happening like literally right under my nose. And I get a lot of that from Reddit. And that, I think it's worth acknowledging that like while I think like the local news channels and even the city of Toledo, like they use some of the digital forums. They all use them like really inconsistently and they don't use Mm -hmm. all of them. And so if you're a user of all the things like I am and I think you are too, it's also great to be able to make those connections because like an example would be the city of Toledo might tweet something or they might send a press release out to their distribution network and they think everybody knows the story but like literally nobody knows it so it's always a you know it's always good to kind of say oh move this move this story from this platform to this platform right so just kind of like stirring the pot on that information because it seems like nobody really does a good job of blasting things everywhere right it's it's hard to reach all like you can't please everybody you can't reach everybody because we are so fragmented i see it I don't disagree at all, but I see it in the reverse as well. Mm. There are people on Reddit who miss things because mainstream media, not like MSM, Republican BS stuff. Like it's out there. You just didn't see it. Like we see a lot. And it's my job to know things, to share things because people miss it. Last weekend, there was a pretty serious issue. I forget what it was. Um, People wonder why the news wasn't covering it and they were black helicoptering it. Like, oh, it it might have been the neo-Nazi. It was a neo-Nazi thing. It was 48 hours before it showed up on the regular news. And I shared out. They're not staffed on the weekends. Yep. And I was like, and Jaden doesn't wake up till like noon on yeah, Saturday. Totally. So it's not like trying to bury the lead or anything like yep. that. But there's these, if you, and I mentioned, if you, you go to the websites, the news websites, and I go to them every day, yep. um, they, you will see Saturday and Sunday and Monday at noon stories from Friday. Yep. They just don't have the staff. So it's not any anything political or or shadowy no and i think the only other and agreed and i think the only other addition to that other than shout out to Jaden, is that um uh some of the news people a lot of them aren't even from here not so, especially now totally exactly exactly so so they're gonna miss things because they're just not plugged in like you would assume they should be or they would have been in the past and so this is also where spreading the news around is actually really helpful and tagging the other news things when you do share them because they just they don't know until you tell them, right? They're not monitoring things 24-7. I had a little gripe on uh, an honest criticism um, of local news. And a lot of these people are my friends and I support the hell sure. out of them. And I have this cognitive dissonance with the blade that maybe you've seen some of my comments. Like, you don't have to support the the ivory tower, but support the people on the ground doing the hard work because, yeah. one, they don't get paid a lot. And it is the most comprehensive journalism. It's just a different model from TV news. Totally. Um, I had griped that uh, we have a lot of new reporters in town. A lot of people have moved on. It's just the transient transient nature of of our smaller market here. Um, And some girl had done the same story that has really been done like a couple, like, hey, did you hear about uh, Oak Openings and the uh, the tree houses? And like, yeah, and she's new and did a great story and everything. And Matt Killam was totally accommodating, but it's been the same story. But she didn't know because she just got here. And uh, a friend of mine who works in one of the newsrooms um, she's like, it was a little different, but I get your gripe. And we've got, you know, news directors who are also new as well. But I've seen that as we've had a lot of new people doing the same stories that you and I have seen half a dozen times. And I totally, and the, the, this reminds me, and I, I'm not going to name call the person, though I'm sure if they're listening, they'll know that they did this. I wish they were listening. Uh, well, I wish as many people listened as I thought, uh, or you thought. I, and I, let's just pretend everybody's listening right <laughs> now. Um, but there was a recent news piece, and because your Metro Parks comment made, reminded me, uh, this news person who 
is on a lot. It's a it's a person who's on often both in the sort of on the ground, but also in the studio. And and this person, I'm not even going to gender this person, was at uh, the downtown Metro Park, the new one, and kept saying it was in West Toledo. Kept saying, and, and live from West Toledo. But the first time this person said it, my wife and I looked at each other and we're like, did that just... And then doubled down and kept saying West Toledo and then, you know, ended this piece with, and once again, live from West Toledo. And it's like, I know you know this is not West Toledo, but it showed that nobody else was editing mm-hmm. or looking at the things before yeah. they got pushed to YouTube before they got put live and it just it shows how fragmented and, and poorly resourced news is these days because yeah. that is such a miss and the fact that it was doubled down 20 times in 5 minutes was like wow this this is a person that's both in yeah. touch and, and completely out of touch you know these things you know that the newsrooms are uh, less resourced than ever before and it's unfortunate and you know uh, it's it's information that we need to get that's why I do my best to fill the void and I've, yeah. I've transitioned a little bit I'm not sitting here talking about like uh, council nonsense sure. but um, and I'm, I'm choosy about what goes over the radio because I know we're still playing Miley Cyrus and stuff sure. but some things are not necessarily important but you might want to know about like the, the TSA thing yeah. or um, I have a friend I guess Scott start, started their golf program back mm, up yep. good timing right after the Dana Open they're looking for for some materials for, and we have plenty of golfers in the area yep. that might be able to donate to that which they might never know because um, that wasn't on the news but I follow the people to collect the information yeah. and push it back out yeah, you need, I mean, this is where I think, and you see this, the people that are really passionate about anywhere they live, but Toledo has a lot of these folks, those dot connectors, those networks, networkers will do their best, right? Because we have to. Mm-hmm. And and I think you can kind of trust, at least in Toledo, and I haven't seen this where I've been elsewhere. Toledo does does have this networking capability where uh, you you. You won't necessarily find what you need if you go to Toledo.com. No offense to anybody involved in Toledo.com. Shout out to John. Or if you go anywhere else, but you'll miss a lot of these things unless you meet that right person yeah. on day one. And that was actually my, I didn't mention my joy at Grumpy's was also when people would sh- show up with a out of town license as they were paying and I'd be like, what are you doing here? And they would, they would say, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find a place. I'm, I'm interviewing at Owens Corning and to catch them in that moment and be able to direct them somewhere. It's like, this is actually what Toledo needs. It has a lot of those people, but if you don't meet those people in that first moment, you'll feel like there's nothing going on or the word never gets out. There's so much going on. It's I, just connecting with those networks, right? I was that person yeah. with my friend bringing me there. Let me uh, do a quick traffic and then we'll, uh, we'll move things on a little bit. Uh, okay, back at it. Are you taking a picture? Damn. I'll send it to Jacob. <laughs> um, I always tease him now. Uh, it's funny. I had him in, in here a year ago. Um, and I like loosely talked about the flag stuff uh, on the air because mm-hmm. because Jacob is a friend. He did my podcast yeah. logo. We're in the same circles and everything. So I found a way to weave it in. Um, and I I had him in the visit, and it, I got I got the last of them, which is fine. I'm like you know, I'm not going to drill you like everybody else did. Like I, in fact, want to help you if I can because. He didn't know putting all he did was he loves flags. Yep. Like he told me about like he listened to some flag podcast and we made this. He followed like the five tenets of flag making. And this dude just wanted to do something for a place he loves. He had no idea he was gonna get like eaten alive by piranhas and sharks and and leviathans. Yeah, so this is actually yeah, the, the Toledo flag project, which I can't wait for it to be adopted. I really hope it's adopted. And if, if those listening haven't seen it, just look up the Toledo flag and Jacob Parr, P A R are um it's amazing um but it also shows how you basically have to remove all ego from any public facing design process because one they'll always pick the wrong idea if you give them too many so you're already gonna you're already kind of uh, challenged by the fact that you're not in the same mental space as the people you're designing for but two the amount of opinions that roll in and the amount of design by committee that can just destroy your ego. It's like, you basically have to, you have to remove it before you even start the process. Did you warn him of this? I didn't have to because it hit him so fast. <laughs> yes, I'm sure, it did. Like, you know, no, if anything, if anything, those experiences, while dreadful when they're happening from the, you know, the point of view of the person sharing their ideas, they're actually really good experiences because if you can walk out of it, Understanding how your ego can be useful, but also you know uh, baggage or, or painful. Like it actually is a really good experience to go through that. I think Jacob, at least, is also because of all of his agency experience, he's pretty familiar with you know bad decisions being made. No offense to the agencies, but more like you're always kind of catering to a client that might have a 
crazy different opinion than you have. So I think he's, if anything, but that's what, like one person who might be a little odd. This is the whole public. Yes. Yeah. This is why I wouldn't run for office. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. 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 I I, yeah. I don't have the temperament for it. I would. I always say I would be like a benevolent dictator. Yeah. And there's a guy, Patrick David. I forget Patrick's last name. He runs the uh, Glendale Heatherdowns neighborhood block watch. Okay. I met him at one of the, the city meetings not long ago. Had him come in to visit. He was running for council. Uh, and I checked in with him a couple of months later. I was like, how's the campaign going? He's like, not doing it. He's like, somebody told me that I can do a lot more good not on council. I told him that because mm. it's the same reason I wouldn't run. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm glad Jacob learned that and he'll know better. And I I think I also told him, because I got him on a Friday too, I was like, the good thing is as we hit the weekend, it'll quiet down and something else will happen. A tree yeah. will fall. Yeah. So, uh, something will happen in the Kroger parking lot and, and people will never remember this. It's a good point. Often when you're in the, when you're the recipient of like that bad feedback or just a lot of feedback, overwhelming, it can feel like that's all that exists. Yeah. And it's really good to remember like, yeah, no, it doesn't. They're, they're telling you because you're giving them a platform to tell you. But that's also where, like, you know, the world we live in with the Internet and comments on everything and whether it's a product or just social media. Like, we live in a world where everybody has a voice. Mm-hmm. And one of the skills you kind of have to through through life and through through aging, right, through experience, uh, you start to be more selective on the voices you listen to. Yeah. Or, or on the voices you that you then, you know, move to the next level if you have to keep working on something because you can't cater to everybody. It's impossible. Yeah, I, I just had all the sympathy in the world for him. And I learned that. Um, his his go to is pizza mm. in times like that. So every time we're chatting now, like I saw him with the, with the new job announcement, I was like, "This deserves a solid slice of pizza." I agree. So I'm always hitting him with pizza. By the way, he also uh, got a house this week too. This has been a big congratulations. Yeah, yeah, he, like he just bought this he thing. Bought, he closed on a house this week and started his new job. So he's a very busy busy man. Probably got a nice raise, so the market probably didn't ding him too bad. I have no, no comment there, but I but it sounds like yeah, it does sound like he's uh this is a good moment from a big a big week for him. Yeah. Um let me move us over to sure. Twitter, but I'll start with this. Um as we have had a lot of new um local reporters, mm. um many of whom have moved on and did a good job, some have gotten out because it's it's really tough, it doesn't pay all that well, yeah. or you've moved on to, to bigger and better things, deservedly so with some of the talent. I'm bothered, troubled. Um, and I can understand why, but a lot of the new ones, and they're young, uh, young, youngish, um, they're not putting their stuff on Twitter. Yeah. With, and and that, that bugs me. And I get why you're not on there, especially if you're like 22, where you, you find tw- Twitter to be like one of the worst spots on earth. Yep. And it is, I'll, I'll put my stories on TikTok. And I don't have a thing with TikTok. I just don't like videos. I like to read stuff. Mm, yep, yep. But I, I am... I'm not going to say I'm missing stuff, but I'm not getting as much as I did because these kids aren't throwing their stuff on Twitter where I think you and I have found so much. Yeah, I'm surprised by the inconsistency. And I don't know because I haven't worked at a news uh, uh, you know, uh, studio before what the like national guidelines are or what the protocols are. Like, How do they distribute these things? Because you're right. Some some folks are like really good at every single piece gets put on Twitter. It gets put on Facebook, right? And then there are some that they have an account, but... There's two they, tweets. Yeah, exactly. Or, and, I, and I'll actually go one step farther and say, like, because this is a thing I, I won't go deep into, but every day I watch the news on YouTube. So I subscribe to all the local channels, and then I watch them all as I'm going to sure. bed in the order I want to watch them, right? WTOL, every day, all the pieces are on there. And, you, and they're, they're hilariously poorly edited. You get little clips of the previous clip and the next <laughs> clip. Like, they're just chopping them up, and it almost seems like they're doing it live. Like, their process is go to air and then immediately click upload to YouTube. So it's very consistent. It's very up-to-date. And then some channels... They seem to try that for a couple of days, and you're like, oh, wait, the WTVG is back, or whoever's back, and then they'll be gone for months. And then they'll come back, and they'll upload all the clips from the previous months all on the same day, so your stream is now flooded with old content. And the point just being, just be consistent, and just make it predictable where your things are going to be, but, but be consistent, because I, as a news consumer... I don't want to have to just go to the dot com of the of the broadcaster. I want to be mm-hmm. able to go to those people that have that point of view, right? That I want to be. And so when they don't share it, it's like what what's stopping them? Is did somebody tell them not to? Is there... I, I think uh, with thirteen they they have uh, like some new leadership news director mm. who might have said who might have changed the game a little bit, or okay. they want to try something. So that could be the answer to that. Do you, do you, uh, do you look for any news on TikTok? Uh, I have. So I'm barely a, I'm a TikTok observer and no, I, I don't, I don't 
nothing wrong with the platform. It's just it, it. I don't see. I think to your point, I want to read a story, and if there's a clip. I don't want to see a clip jammed into a vertical screen just to make it TikTok-y. Like, mm-hmm. TV is horizontal, and so I'd rather just watch the clip as intended. So, no, TikTok is not a place I go to for yeah, people. I, I think some of the newer, uh, younger journalists here, instead of putting it on Twitter or whatever, or YouTube, uh, they do it on their personal news TikToks. But, and, and I get it. That's, that's who and what they are. That's where they watch and consume, and that's where they put it up. I mean, if that's the case, and, and no problem with that, but it, you can always export those videos. I would, I would, if I was that person, if I was that news, news person, I would probably take the extra step to save the two minute clip and then just re up it to Twitter or whatever, right? I, it just might be because it's it's not in their their lexicon, their digital yeah. lexicon, or I also they might two minutes to them, they just don't have it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, we have we connected over Twitter. You're Toledo, yo. Yeah, so I have two Twitter. Right, so I have a personal Twitter account, but then I also have a Toledo focused Twitter account as well. Yeah. We, um, I don't know if I follow the the Upso one. You shouldn't. It don't even use it okay. anymore. Yeah, okay. yeah. So really, just yeah, the other Toledo. Uh, you the reason I wanted to bring you in and chat is because you are a, a sound and reasonable minded Toledo advocate. Um, Thank you. And that's that's what I get as the ethos of Toledo, yo. So tell me your perspective of having been here a long time now, now someone who's a different part of life. You've been grumpies. You've heard everything. You've given the backstory, the origin. Yeah. Um, how? What are your your grades? What's your your perspective of Toledo now? Yeah. So uh, I like that setup. That's fun to think about. So um, no pressure. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> um, so as somebody who's been uh, a creative person uh, for my whole career and who's chosen to live in Toledo mostly, one, because I love it, but then two, the cost of living. Like, it's been a great place to exist using the internet as the platform, but having this be this really affordable, wonderful home base. I really do love Toledo, but the, the cost of living has made it easy to go, this is really why yeah. I'm here if somebody asks and they're not familiar with the place, right? So from that vantage point of... Uh, Working from home well before the pandemic, I've always been a remote worker. Like, I, you know, this idea of the internet is the way to communicate. That, that means I'm also paying attention to a lot of the things outside of Toledo. We all are. But my, 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 my vantage point is how do I convince other creative friends that live in New York or L.A. that are spending boatloads more than you would here? If you're already remote or you're already working from your apartment in Brooklyn, why wouldn't you do it in the old West End where you could spend a tenth of the cost and, you know, relatively have the same work experience at least, right? So I'm always thinking about it from the vantage point then also of what are they telling me why they wouldn't move to Toledo? Like, oh, no, but in Brooklyn I get this or, oh, in Chicago I get this, right? So I'm just always sort of comparing other cities to Toledo. Like, what don't we have? Because actually I feel like we have most of the things, right? Um, removing the, the Toledo chip on the shoulder that, that the majority of us have. Um, it's a pretty fantastic place from a resource perspective. Um, but as I start comparing and contrasting, I often wonder, like, why don't we try a little bit harder in some of these places, right? Like, why does the city of Toledo, and this isn't picking on anybody, generally not like to set precedent? Like, laws are rarely done unless, oh, well, they did it in Columbus. Oh, well, they did it in whatever. It's rare Toledo sets precedent. No offense meant for those that are setting precedent. I, one of the reasons I like you and Toledo Yo is your criticisms are very fair. Yeah, I mean, and, and here's the thing: I'm not, I'm not like uh, I may have an agitating <laughs> tendency in me that I, I try to keep in check, but like I'm not trying to cause arguments. I'm trying to have conversations, yeah. right? Like, and I feel like most of the people in power, and I mean, like from a political standpoint, are really reasonable humans. They're probably super overwhelmed. They're probably used to getting yelled at a lot, so they're pretty defensive. And so I understand sometimes when I like put the mayor on blast on Twitter, it'll feel like blast. When in fact, I'm probably saying, hey, mayor, check out this link. Right. What about this? Right. But I, I appreciate tone is, is lost on, on the web. Um, but yeah, from my perspective, it's like, why can't we try more things and or what's the way to get these things into the decision makers minds right so so for me twitter has been a great place to like i don't always expect for example the port authority to respond to a tweet i tag them in but i hope somebody in the port authority's office sees the tweet and maybe shares whatever that article yeah. is right so so for me it is really a hopeful dialogue between myself and all of these different entities but also you know acknowledging i'm just probably one of the many armchair people you know lobbing my critiques nobody asked for but i am trying to be reasonable so i appreciate i appreciate that by, by all means um ha, 
we have not spoken as much. And is that the algorithm or are you one of the ones that has migrated away from Twitter in, in the Elon times? Yeah. So that's a good, good question. And, and yes. So, so recently, so I don't use my personal Twitter at all anymore. Uh, I just don't want to put myself into the space that I find. I just think it's the algorithm. I think it's the encouraging, you know, you pay five bucks or 10 bucks, whatever it is a month. And all of a yeah. sudden your, your comments get pushed to the top of the list. Like I, that's not to me how the internet's supposed to work. I, I don't think you should be able to pay to play to communicate on a, on a scale like that. So, so I have stopped communicating as much and now I go to Twitter just as often, but I'm just reading and, you know, amplifying, but I'm trying, I'm not participating as much. Um, but I'm also not sure where to go next, right? Like thread sucks. I am on it, but it's not, it's weird. And I don't, my brain doesn't under look at it as the right, like, I don't get how it's a, a window into the world. Like it just feels like it's a very flat, what random accounts are they pushing me to look at and respond to? So it's very like jokey and, you know, uh, click driven, right? Yeah. Uh, and Blue Sky, uh, nobody locals on it, so I can't follow it for any news. And I actually tagged the city of Toledo a couple weeks ago and offered a, a Blue Sky invite and nobody responded. So, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, how, where is the next place? But what, Twitter for me doesn't feel like it's. When we went through, God, what were some of the other Twitter alternatives when he first bought? Because I went on one of them and it didn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I tend to try things pretty early on. Like, I don't frame myself as an early adopter, but I, it's always my, my MO when a new thing gets launched I just try my hardest to get an account I mean we're all doing that but um, yeah I've tried everything and right now it does feel like it's going to be oh Mastodon or, that's the yeah, one Mas- yeah um, all of them are fine but we need to go to the one that has all the people we want to hear from on and- that's yeah. the that that has been the problem all along. Like it it has fragmented, yeah. and you got some people here and some people here. Yep. Um, <clears throat> that's why, like, I know people that I enjoy, yourself included, like have left Twitter, but it's still where most of the people are that I, yep. I want to follow. Um, I I if there was anybody that was going to. Uh, maybe go toe to toe with Twitter, be the Twitter killer or whatever. I thought it would be whatever. I still call it Facebook. I thought they could make this thread Threads, thing yeah. work, but only in the regard of just taking people who are disenfranchised from Twitter. Um, I know a lot of people um, who went over to it because they were avid Instagram users yep. and they still do some Facebook a little bit. They're not you know solely TikTok centric. And and I, I did the account because it, it pulled my uh, information from Instagram yep. so quickly, so easily. Yeah, this makes a lot of sense. But then I told everybody, because what I have heard from most people when I tell them that I'm on Twitter, which I don't tell them anymore because I get this. And this has been for a decade now. Yeah. I don't understand Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like it, okay. Like they say that I'm like, I don't know. You don't understand about words, but over the years we've become so video and photo centric. Yep. So I gather, and I've seen a lot of people have become inactive on thread or threads. Um, I figured all the people that liked Instagram, wanted to give it a shot, went over there and were like, I don't understand what's happening here. Cause there were words and they just backed out. So I think it, I think it is that for sure, and I think the other thing that I I have not articulated this. So apologies if this comes out a little clunky, but I think one of the things that Threads got wrong was it, it intended as a feature. It is a positive thing. I got kept my same screen name. I didn't have to do anything. Basically, I clicked a button, and all of a sudden, I had a Threads account. And if my followers were also on Thread, they got ported over. So it was like it just moved your whole community over to this word-based platform. But the, the problem is it removed discovery because of that. So anytime you join a thing for the first time, like a Twitter, you then look for those people you want to connect with. And Mm -hmm. in doing that, you discover some new people. And so every time you're kind of starting from scratch. Threads threw that that whole paradigm out the window and said, nope, we're just going to transplant your whole community over to this new thing. And so what it reminded me was when I go into Threads, I'm like, why am I following all these people? Because on Instagram, maybe they didn't post any images, so I'd forgotten I followed them, but now they're typing words out. And I'm like, wait, but that... I don't want your words. Right. And so I think the fact that they removed that initial first step of discovery as a required orienting thing immediately made it feel wrong to me. Whereas at least with Blue Sky, I'm having to go put the effort into finding the people again. They're not on there, but I'm looking. And it's I think that discovery thing is important. I, I still think maybe because of the resources with Meta, they, they could get it right. Um, but we'll see. Because I, I personally... I, I love Twitter and I have not had a bad experience since he has arrived. Although um, I've followed 
I'm a big, you probably know, I'm a huge nerd and San Diego Comic-Con is going on mm-hmm. right now. And some people that I follow to find deals or news, um, they've been limited. So I've been able to scroll. But up until that, um, even with him, I, I've had a fine experience. Now, I, I am not a woman. I'm not a female journalist. No, I'm with you. I'm yep. not a person of color. Yep. So I'm not somebody that is going to get any of that vitriol. Um, and But I also think one of the things people have tripped up on is they're not like us and they will um, get into the wrong kind of debates and then uh, it, it, it brings all the bad into your algorithm where I curate my algorithm by yeah. who I respond to, whatever, what I retweet. So I'm making totally. my grocery list. Totally. No, that's a good point. And yeah, and I think that especially if you're new or you're, you know, I, I quit Twitter a long time ago. I'm going to try this thread, th- thread thing out and you come in with that kind of misunderstanding of the tone or of the energy or yeah, you just jump in and you start arguing with the wrong people. All then you think of when you fire up that app is like, you know, your adrenaline starts rushing. Mm-hmm. Oh, did anybody respond? Is the fight still going? Like, I don't want that in my information sharing. That was a younger version of me. And I, I, I'm surprised that people are still doing that. But yeah, when I see arguments or when I see that toxic stuff, I just, to your point of curating, I'm just, that is either blocked or I run away from and I will not let that into my space because there's just too much of that. I, for me, Twitter has always been, and, and I think it's, been, I, I see it at the top, I, April of 2009 or whatever. Like I made some wonderful friends um, who have turned into real life friends and then, you know, just digital friends and, and got really close with these people. Like I, I think I've learned, and again, it's just us being our age. We know how to use these tools so we don't let the toxicity in or we let a little bit in to get the adrenaline, the adrenaline flowing, right. but we know when to shut it down. I have always used Twitter as kind of... um uh, got like an RSS feed, oh, which yeah. I don't really understand, but um, like you sign up for a link and it comes to you. I do that with Twitter. Yeah. I, to get news, whether it's nerdy stuff, sports stuff, writers, national news, whatever I'm looking for, I pull it to me so I don't have to go to 78 websites every day. And so to, to your RSS uh, comment, and I don't know how many people listen to this use RSS reviews, <laughs> but that that for me is one of my biggest ways of consuming. So I have subscribed over the years to you know countless tech and design and socially focused things and music things and daily, well, if I'm not careful, like if I go on just even away from the computer for a day, there might be a thousand posts that I have to catch up on from the previous day. And I will. And so for me, it is always this curated stream and it is all the things, but it is still curated. And so I, yeah, I look at Twitter and I want, I want that stream, which is mostly Toledo curated stuff. Right. And so I go to all those places expecting a very specific sort of pipeline or hose of information. And yeah, you go into a threads and it's like, well, nope, this is just back. It's like, I'm at a bar, but I don't know anybody and everybody's just talking and making jokes and I'm ha ha laughing along, but I'm not happy with how I'm responding because I don't know the tone and I don't know the people. And I kind of like being in that, to your point, a sort of curatorial or driver seat of that stream of information. Yeah. So I hope Twitter just continues to be as is, although I, I, I'm not holding out hope. Um, I'll yeah. be I'll be very sad if it goes because I will have to go to a lot of different places to then get the information that I need. It was funny. And this goes back before you probably bailed out. You probably saw the same things I did when there were certain uh, benchmarks w- w- with Elon and certain decisions and maybe like firing all the staff, locking yeah. all the people out. And it was all the goodbye Twitters. This has been great. And uh, they were literally waiting for Twitter to go down completely yep. while they were sending out that tweet. I'm like, this is catastrophizing. And it is that is somewhat entertaining, but I don't think that is going to happen. No, I think I think what you'll see is whether or not he owns it or in a couple years time he you know sells it off for parts to something else it is now a thing that will always exist with sort of what it currently is at piece you know features may get cut new features we don't like might get added or maybe it turns into you know a more palatable thing at some point but there's no way it'll go away like a myspace one of it way mm-hmm. eventually i just think it's 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 has too much invested in it from a cultural standpoint um, but i am curious and maybe you have a better window into this but like i just don't really know where other than reddit one RSS feeds or curates the Toledo stuff because that's just and is it TikTok? I just don't know where to go to actually. Really get- I wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, I, I I bounce around and I can tell you. Now, granted, I I'm different than most people. Um, even if I wasn't my age and cared more about the community, again, I I want to get information out. Mm-hmm. Um, but every morning, as soon as I go over to Panera and get my coffee membership fired up, I open up the blade. Um, after I do all that and send myself, you know, content for the day, it's 13 and uh, the TOL website. And then I go to, uh, I'll open up the Toledo Reddit page. Yeah. And that's how I get my local stuff. But I don't know, other than I come in here and I do Toledo.com because they don't have an app, right? 
I don't think so, yeah. Yeah, when I get in here to the studio, I open up Toledo.com, um, I go to the Sentinel Tribune, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't have a whole heck of a lot, but sometimes. Yeah. Um, and other than that, it's people that I follow on Twitter and Instagram where I grab stories. There is not a, a source pushing all this out. In a way, I try to be that because all the stuff yeah, yeah. I send myself for content, I then uh, I send an email out to the staff so everybody here can talk about stuff if they want. Cool. And then I was... I. I've never been consistent with a blog for a variety of reasons, but now uh, it's ericchaseblog.wordpress.com. Hmm. The emails that I send to the staff here, which is like a, a little link farm, yeah. I post there every day. Oh, nice. I don't think anybody goes, but it, it, it's a reference point for me, but yep. there's nothing like that other than the news sites. But yeah, I wish we had a, a, um, a center point resource like that. Agreed. And I will say, and maybe you've seen it, but there's I know some people have tried and maybe they're even trying. There's a Toledo patch email. Have you gotten that or signed Mm-mm. up for that? I don't know if the guy's still doing it because I haven't gotten them as frequently, but it was a person that was basically taking the top stories of the day and doing like a digest news. Sean Nestor. I know Sean Nestor. It was This was not Sean okay. Nestor, but Sean, I know he also has some things. He does a weekly thing. Yeah. So like, it almost seems like maybe we need some sort of, maybe this is something you could do. Like, what what is the list of those things so that at least there's kind of a curated jump off page to go to right like that would because i as you were describing it i was thinking every morning i have a very specific sequence of apps i go through mm-hmm. that are top to bottom on my phone and and i they're i probably go in that order because they're top to bottom i probably it's all just muscle memory there's no yeah. real reason i go to like instagram first except it's at the top of my phone um but yeah i bounce to the blade i bounce to you know all these different things and I actually, it's quite a bit of effort. Yeah. Right? Like, it actually, like, you know, you can't just get it all in one place, which I just... I, is that, is, is part of that, because you'll, even if somebody created something like, like that, it's not going to be for everybody. Somebody mm-hmm. will go, I wish they had blank here. Because yep. we don't have a good job. We don't have uh, real good local sports coverage. Right. Um, I wish, and because not everybody wants to know about certain smaller sports stories, because it's sure. not a pro sports town outside of, you know, hens and walleye stuff. And I, I get that. Um even if somebody collected all that, things would still be missed. But I think one of the reasons why that doesn't happen is, I mean, people have jobs and that ain't one of them. I, I did tell my, remember when um when the Blade nonsense happened with January 6th, uh-huh. they did a, uh, a byline strike. Yes. Um, where none of their names are on the articles. Yep. And um, I told a friend of mine who doesn't work there anymore, he, he, good acquaintance, not necessarily a friend. I was like, this is bullshit. You should go on strike. Yep. And he's like, we can't do a wildcat strike. Well, I'm like, now well, your point's not going to get across. Nobody, the average person doesn't know that your name isn't on the article. This is going to have no effect. Totally. I was told at the time, so you're talking two years two ago, years right? Two years ago, yeah. There was a standby um, periodical that they were going to fire up if something, if shit really went down with the blade, mm. and um, why didn't something like that happen? Or like even after that, or building it, knowing that the the block nonsense happens, there's no money. Yeah, there's no, no nobody's going to fund it. It's a good point. It, it would wherever that would come from, if it were ever to be, uh, if either a new news source came out or a, cur- a more curated um, window into news. It's a passion project, and mm-hmm. I think I, I think as you were saying this, I, I'm I'm realizing as I'm saying it aloud. I have friends who've talked about doing these sorts of things. They may have tried to do these things. Nobody went to them, or they gave up because their day job uh, was is needed to be their focus, right? So it does. It would be a passion project, but I, I do think it goes back to the idea, as I said earlier, like that joy of meeting a person when they they come to Toledo for the first time, right? Right now, there is no kiosk in downtown Toledo that you can walk up to and like get current events and coming soon things and the weather and what city. What about watching that big screen on the garage? Well, they could they could do it on there, yeah, for sure. But I mean, like, you know, what I'm saying though that conceptually there isn't anywhere to easily get a good window into the Toledo world. I think all the individual groups. I'm sure the Blade believes they do a pretty good job. Well, we've got arts and entertainment. We've got this, sure, but there isn't a free source, and there isn't a source that you know, keeps it down to, you know, the really simple and, and really exciting things. Um, no editorializing or whatever. So it would be, it would be amazing to have somebody do that. Um, no pressure on anybody. I think actually Toledo.com type of thing would make sense, but then it also requires more breaking news ability, right? Yeah. It, it can't just be once a month. Well, you and I know all too well. Um, again, I would be the not so benevolent moderator on Reddit when somebody comes around and it, 
it's they're like the most frequent post now other than the, uh, the cable complainers you know where I'm going hey come into Toledo for a couple days any idea what I should do yes I don't know the post the post that's pinned at the top yeah. asshole yeah yeah that 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 actually so I don't know I don't and I could be curious if, if anybody listening and you can curse on our podcast you know, I'm, I'm, I now will let myself curse. <laughs> but I don't know who moderates that group so I don't know the rules or the people behind the Toledo group but the fact that they allow the continued repetition of give me your favorite pizza list damn it no we've already like we're gonna argue about the pizza again like because it always devolves into the same things as well that actually reddit would be a great place to pin and close for comments all the frequently asked resource questions you know best places that should just be pinned to the top and then they should they are but they should close any of the conversation they should just literally say because, like, for whatever it's worth, and I'm, I'm not going to talk about Facebook much here today, but, like... No, I, we can leave that alone. Yeah, but I do run two very large groups on Facebook that are both Toledo connected, and I'm, I don't really interact at all. I don't want to. I don't want to argue with people, and I'm not there to tell people what to do. Like, that, I don't want to... I don't want to police people's words. But when a thread starts that's, like, literally this, and they're just asking for something that a quick search would give them 500 answers... Yeah. I will say, hey... Uh, Try the search, use these words, have a nice day, and I'll close it. Not to be a jerk, but just to be like, don't everybody else, don't waste your energy trying to explain again the difference between J and G's pizza and you know what I mean? Like we don't need that a hundred times, right? But it just does take a little bit of effort to with, with Twitter and Facebook, once you had an account, who whoever you were, you felt the need to substantiate it. Mm-hmm. So that made you throw things out into the ether that you never would have. And you've gotten that behavior trained. And with those, there's algorithms. And I'll, I'll ask your thought. Do they maybe let those those idiotic posts continually go because there's an algorithm on Reddit that makes that page pop up more? So I think I think from a if I was a Reddit employee, I would probably say we never want to stop people from starting new threads because that just means even if it devolves or an argument comes from it, it's engagement, right? Social media doesn't really care what you're talking about; they just care you're talking, yeah. right? So so from the you know admin or curatorial back end of things, which could be totally counter to that, those those two things come very much at odds, and and that is where I think you need like. The ability to shut the things down, but also to send people in the right way. Because what Reddit won't do is then say, here's how to use search, right? Yeah. They hold your hand and say, try typing in these words. And you kind of need that to remind people. It's just muscle memory, right? Like when people are reminded everything they need is already on there, they might stop asking relatively dumb questions. Um, yeah. And there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's several kinds of those that we could go around in circles on with. Uh, do you know... Uh, do you know on there, uh, Vin the Hater? Do you know Vinny? No, not, no, no, no. Uh, not Vinny, you, uh, Asian guy, smaller, slender, worked at, did the bar at Home Slice? Do not know this person. Okay. No. Uh, he was one of the first people that I met here. He's since moved to Columbus. Okay. He still sticks his nose in here. In fact, he's the one that probably got me to the Toledo Reddit page, and I was. Sometimes I'll send things to him because we're both cynical and snarky yeah. and, and whatever. We'll send it to each other rather than, than posting there. Uh, I wanted to tell him this week. I'm like, I feel I, I need you to stop me from posting on Toledo Reddit because I don't do this kind of thing. I try to shut it down as we've illustrated yeah. here. Yeah. Stop me from going onto Toledo Reddit and saying, hey, Pizza Palooza this week. What's your favorite? <laughs> Just so there could be 138 comments and people saying that Village Idiot is the greatest pizza yep. ever and Home Slice yep. is quintessential New York style oh pizza. So I can smack you in the Don't face. Don't get me started on that. that is, <laughs> you, you're, you're pushing all my buttons. It isn't New York style pizza. It drives me fucking insane. I, me too. New York style pizza. What New York are you talking about? Like New York, Montana? Like a, I could buy a paper plate in New York City. Yeah. And if that's what we're talking about, it's representative of a paper plate one buys in New York. Sure. But it is not New York style pizza. Same. That, that, that's why I don't even go to those threads yeah but i it, it fits the the point of what we're talking about i could put that on there and it would be the hottest post of the week yeah and and what to me and i think this is what we're both saying but what drives me insane is that there would be so much passion around that and i'm happy people have passion around pizza and how many mexican restaurants we have and all those things that are you know humorous but have as much passion about like the nazis at pride it's and, hard. Like, passion. but i mean i know but it's like it's just to me the idea that the sort of pop culture aspect of the sharing and social it's so much noise and there isn't like 
take that same energy and let's talk about how to fix something. It's hard, you know, because not everybody is at that point in their life. Um, point taken. Do you, I, yep. you know Dan Ortiz, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know him personally? Because we're in the same neighborhood, uh, but we're like within. He's put uh, signs in my yard, but we're not. We don't spend time together. I so, just yeah. assume everybody in the old West End knows one another. We're aware of each other. For sure. Um, Dan is 29 or, or, or 30, um, and he and I have butted heads sometimes. Mm. He is just so darn passionate. Yep. But he wants he wants to invigorate younger people to be more involved in voting and politics. And I think that's just, um, that's something that is generational and is not going to happen as we, we ever want. There's We grew up with MTV Rock the Vote. Mm-hmm. And I know that younger people have been more engaged recently for a variety of reasons. Um, but at a more local level, you if you're 26 years old, you care more passionately about defending your New York style, your not New York style pizza yep. than a local tax or a levy. Because you rent and you don't have a family. Yep. But six years later, when you have those things, you'll be more engaged in some of those civic things. It's just a, a, a timeline of life thing. No, I agreed. And I, and I won't go deep into this, but I think just as a related and it takes it out of the, the web and into real life is I'm super involved with the Oweston, um Festival. I've been uh, on the stand. Uh, Dan Schmidt? No. Dan, uh, Who runs the darn thing? He was on the podcast last month. I lose... Who runs the darn thing? Oh, Dan Finkel is, yes. our, is our comms guy. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good so dude. He, yeah, he always awesome. gives me time on Ask Festival stuff. Finkel is the best. Um, uh, I'm not sure if he's comfortable with me calling him Finkel on the radio, so apologies, Dan. Um, yeah, so, uh, but the reason I'm mentioning uh, the festival is that, you know, we just did our 50th, mm-hmm. and, and I've been on the steering committee now for over a decade, and and it's, and I, I love all the people, so this isn't a, a critique, but it's the same people every year running it. And and we'll say, like, we want more people involved. And, you know, we'll have some hands raised, but it's very hard to get people to want to go from, like, having fun to participating a little bit more to being involved in, in how things might, you know, going back to the idea of learning how the sausage is made, right? Most mm-hmm. people don't actually want to know how the sausage is made. And and so for 10 years, we've been saying we need more young people. And I've gone from being one of the younger people to now I'm actually, you know, we're, we're now, I'm now of the age of all the people that have been volunteering for a yeah. while. And we're still desperately trying. I guess it's just a, this must just be a common human problem. But I didn't realize when I got involved in some of these things that maybe that wasn't normal. I guess I just always assumed when you get a chance, you should jump in. Yeah. Because it's pretty fun to see how things work. That's common in, in volunteerism. And I, I'm connected yeah. to so many uh, nonprofit places. If they get 10 volunteers for a training, one and a half will stick with it. Totally. And to, to go back closer to what you're talking about, you're familiar with the word slacktivism, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a fucking opinion on Twitter. But when push comes to shove... yeah. Uh, I have to go to the home slice tonight. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And I, I mean, that, and that, whether it's local things or whether it's national politics, you know, you can you can also see people, I mean, looking at the, the, the current uh, issue coming up right now, issue one. Issue one. one. Um, most people seem pretty unanimous locally on how they feel about it. And I'm seeing it a lot on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It is everywhere. I think we. it's pretty fair to assume the majority of those people that are making those posts aren't going to go vote. Or haven't, as I've done, done their early voting. I think it's the 8th is when they can go out and vote. Mm-hmm. The odds of them voting, and, and actually, if you hear this and you think I'm talking about you, please go vote. <laughs> um, but the idea is, yeah, it's so much easier to share. And you kind of, oh, I've done my job. I shared it with right. 100 people. Yeah, but those 100 people are also not voting. So you mm-hmm. actually have to go out and vote too, right? Yeah. And it, to our, our mid-40s point uh, discussed here, um, these people have gotten sway and, and clout when they really shouldn't have and it sucks yeah. like I've, I've seen some people have needed their lives ruined other people like Jacob have not needed their lives ruined right. by people who would never participate in anything anyway but you you if you would have had any hair to lose you would have lost it over the damn thing because of people of all ages going this is fucking absurd yeah no it's a good point I mean this goes back to the idea and this is why even with the internet aside and the uh, social media ability for everybody to have a comment yeah, when, as soon as you enter the public space or the political space, it is more noise. The, the, the signal to the noise ratio, the, the people doing things versus the people commenting on those things. It's ex- so extreme, right? It's pretty easy to demonize politicians and probably rightly so for a lot of them. You did sign up for it, though. You did sign up for it, for sure, exactly. So you do know what, yeah, exactly. You know what you're getting yourself into. But the odds are, or the, the point is, they did sign up. They mm-hmm. did get involved. Sure, they're now on the chopping block or they're on the you know, in the range to be to be targeted at, but it's a lot easier to 
to yell than it is to to, to participate, right? So mm-hmm. I, I will always give uh, my credit to those that actually do something. And I, as, as we're talking, I'm also realizing I'm one of those people that just complains a lot. So like, it is much easier to complain. I have one last question for you, and this went exactly as I'd hoped it. It's been cool. great great to meet you. Probably have not seen you face to face since you were heavier with more facial hair, yeah. and I was paying for my garbage salad. Yes, um, long time ago. You mentioned that uh, you'd like to see things move quicker here, progressively, laws, changes, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think that's just who we are. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's a great saying I came across recently. People who want change, it happens too slow. People who don't want change, it happens too fast. Yeah, totally. Is there one thing that sticks in your craw, one issue, whether it's a law, a neighborhood, a road? Is is there one flagpole for you that you will always, one hill that you always die on for something here in Toledo? Oh my God, that's a, I, I, that's a great question. I think my, my I'm, gonna, I'm not going to skirt the question, but I think like for me, it, going back to this idea, of precedent. I think Toledo, and I may be wrong or I may have rose-colored glasses that somebody else gave me that maybe I shouldn't be wearing, but I always think of Toledo as being this place that like not only through its own actions and just through the 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 vibe of the people here, this city respects human beings on a level that I don't see in other places. And yeah. actually, I bring that, which can sometimes be a, a burden. I go to a city, I say hi to people on the sidewalk. They look like I mean, like I'm fucking crazy. On the East Coast? Do you have East Coast? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I, I always tell people, I mean, he, people here are very friendly compared yeah. to where I'm from in Philadelphia, yeah. where um, if you don't let somebody in, they will say hi to you with a middle finger and some very colorful words. That doesn't happen happen here no everybody is super nice and i think you know politics aside we are very progressive in the way we treat our people and in the way we give resources and just take care of ourselves right the the, the economy is terrible here we're always like highest unemployment you know cost of living is low for a reason yeah right so all that being said I feel like we don't take as much advantage of the opportunities to be better for other people as we should. We should be holding ourselves all to that same level of like Toledo of all the cities in this country should be the city where we use as an example for like they did this demographic good. They did this, you know, societal group that's normally in other places been ignored or or under-resourced. Like Toledo should be the place where people can thrive economically aside. This is a place where you should be able to thrive regardless of your income. And we miss that a lot. With your food background, you know this. We are that. We were that for the fast food industry. Totally. As we're trying restaurants out here. Uh, I'll say um, we have welcomed uh, immigrants here quite well. Um, I always love seeing the the, ne- the next group of nationalized citizens here. Mm-hmm. My, uh, I've become quite quite close with the woman who created Toledo Helps Ukraine. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, they just brought their tenth family in, and I was like, "Do ten get the eleventh free?" She's yeah. like, "Eric, they're all free." I was like, "I know, it was an American <laughs> joke." And but uh, we, I, th- I think we do have some of that. We do. My my two issues are more uh, more like lowbrow than that. Um, the Snoop, Snoop Dogg show is a success. Yeah. So let's have more pop music shows here. No, uh, no, don't need so much country. No offense to country, but what the fuck? Why is country such a... I don't understand. I know nobody listens to country. But they go to the shows. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. Uh, no, And less retirement rock shows. Yeah. So my, my mayoral run would be more... Less potholes, more pop music shows, totally. even though I don't have an issue with the pothole thing. Yep. I mean, it's it's where we live. Yep. Um, my other thing would be, uh, I don't ever want to hear, um, only in Toledo, because as you know, a lot of, there are people here that leave here, but most people spend their entire lives yeah. here. And as you and I know, they think that 78 things that only happen in Toledo happen on every other city in the country of every size. It's a good point. Yeah, I think, I think that, if I had advice for anybody that was either grown up in their, you know, their questioning, I've been here for 20 years, which I do, like, you should definitely leave Toledo for a minute. Mm-hmm. And this is where I think, as I was saying earlier, like, if nothing else to understand the faults other cities have. Right. That, that we have great things and we should compare and contrast. I mean, look at the Metro Park downtown. That is exceptional on a level, middle grounds that other cities, much bigger cities, you know, uh, super jealous of and, and will mm-hmm. for, for many generations to come look at the work that they've done and shout out to Matt. Hopefully he's listening. Um, but uh, I, I think it's good to go and, and see, but then also to go and see and bring the inspiration for those things we do terrible. Mm-hmm. And so anybody that has a chip on their shoulder, that bird, you know, fuck Toledo, whatever, 
go leave yeah. but then come back or or go leave and then tweet and tell us the cool things you've seen but it's that getting out of the toledo worldview to understand that some of the stuff we have is super normal and some of the things we have here are super fucking weird and it's good to see another reddit thing that uh explains my point really well is only in fucking toledo do people run all these goddamn red lights oh, oh no we're running down pedestrians and car accidents at an alarming rate in this country yeah i mean I, i'm driving to detroit three days a week now for work and it's like oh it gets work worse just driving over the border right yep. like traffic is bad here it's bad everywhere because the cops can't enforce that in addition to all the things they're dealing with right now and the one last thing i i would do in my my fake mayoral run is um and we've done it a little bit with some city engineering um no left turns across major roads like monroe Hmm. um people I, i if so i live uh i live behind um home depot and near st john's yeah yeah okay uh, so i take airport home so happy that we have a dunkin donuts there now yeah. if i see somebody coming out of dun- that dunkin donuts trying to make a left to go west on airport i'm gonna knock you the fuck out like yeah. we, we, i want more islands yep. so that people can't do that so i would say that my only build to that then if i did have a complaint because i didn't i did not lodge uh, offer a complaint my one complaint from an infrastructure standpoint, I feel like while we have some incredible planners, we have incredible people in the different places. This is not a critique of anybody in particular. But there doesn't feel like anybody steps back and looks at how the whole system and the resources and everything are laid out. So, like, to your point, a lot of the roads, parking lots that the city owns, like, they feel bizarrely like, who approved this, right? Like, why? Mm-hmm. And then also, why is there no... Uh, uh, grocery store downtown why is there no you know like you start to realize that like there's just like not a good planning situation going on with how the resources and systems are are, are run right so, so it's everywhere to- and you're gonna get find out you know a lot about that now you're probably within six months gonna have all these dearborn complaints like who thought of no this no question yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah. This was a great conversation. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. We'll have to go into Grumpy's one day and, and split a salad because it's probably all we can afford. One. I'm, I'm down with that, actually. That would be fun to go back. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you.